Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, RV, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. They'll make sure you're fully insured. They will also do everything they can to save you money. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And great to be with you today from the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Okay. Before we get going with the show, it's time to properly set the tone for the week. And time now, after what had to be a long, excruciating weekend of anger, we bring in from Cafe Bitterness, the Matt Catrillo rant of the day. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was a tough weekend, but it was because me, Lisa, and Mark all had the stomach virus. Luke, by some miracle, has not had it and looks to be in the clear as we're all getting kind of back to normal. That was my weekend, and that was why I was not here on Friday. (laughs) It was not a fun weekend by any means. But I'm glad to be back and getting back to normal. I do not wish that kind of weekend upon anybody ever. Are you sure normal's good for you? I'm just, gonna, <laughs> just asking for a friend. Oh, my almighty! <laughs> That's it? That's your rant? That, that is it. I, no, I nothing was... in sports made you mad? I have one thing that's maybe of slight concern that I didn't really think of to begin with when it comes to the Eagles, but I I don't really necessarily call it a rant, per se. Okay. And that's with the Eagles parting ways with uh, Denard Wilson, the uh, cornerback coach. Because I know he was well-liked, but I I know he was up for the defensive coordinator job, and I guess he and Sirianni had a meeting, things didn't go well, and Sirianni, Sirianni let him go. While I didn't want an internal candidate to replace Jonathan Gannon, the way things have, I guess, apparently have transpired between the two of them makes me a little a little worried that the Eagles might be going back into the rabbit hole that they were in when they were last in the Super Bowl, which was everybody kind of got full of themselves, everybody tried to go on a power struggle, and then things went south very quickly. I just hope it doesn't go. I don't. I don't think it will, but we'll see. I am slightly worried about that. Oh, I'm sorry. You done? Uh, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. <laughs> it really captured yeah. my interest. All right. Uh, so. <laughs> All 
I, could, I, I don't even know who the guy is. All right, so <laughs> I was like, okay. What? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, like, who is Jerry Rice's wide receiver coach? <laughs> really, who knows? All right. Uh, so <laughs> okay. But that was exciting yesterday. Yes, but I want to get to two other things first before I get to that. Okay. And that would be um, actually three things. One, the Penn State women's ice hockey team won the CHA. They are in the NCAA tournament for the first time. They are going to face Quinnipiac in Columbus. A 10 versus an 8. And Jeff Campersall, his staff, players have done a phenomenal job. They've had a great season. This is their first ever NCAA. And you know me. I will open the show and talk about a lot of other elements first, then get to, obviously, whatever I announce. Because I don't want accomplishments of others to be buried. Okay? And you know that I've done this over and over again. How many times have you heard me, Matt, talk about some other things first, then get to... Okay. Absolutely. It was a tremendous weekend in Happy Valley. Right. So next is the Big Ten Wrestling Championship. First time Penn State's won it since 2019. They've been winning national championships, but the Big Ten Championship, they they won it uh, for the first time since 2019. Four individual champions. Roman Bravo Young does what RBY does. Carter Stracci does what Carter Stracci does. Aaron Brooks does what Aaron Brooks does. Levi Haynes, join the party. You're a Big Ten champion. Big Ten freshman of the year. Phenomenal. For Bo Bartlett, who finished third. For Greg Kurtfleet, who had beaten Mason Paris three times last year. He had a tough one yesterday in sudden uh, victory. And lost second time to Mason Paris this year. But it's so close between the two. And then Max Dean... At 197 uh, loss. Those guys will make the adjustments. You just sense they'll make the adjustments, and they're going to make great runs at the NCAAs. And Penn State gets nine through. Kale, by the way, was the coach of the year in the conference. And they get the Big Ten title. Now they'll go after the national title in Tulsa. Um, now they'll go after the national title in Tulsa. And what's interesting about with Kale is he has the ability, and part of it's the young men that he teaches, but you bring in people that have this kind of personality. It's always easy to sit back and say, I need to make adjustments after you lose. But there's also a reality. You need to make some slight adjustments even when you win. And he's able to convince the Roman Bravo Youngs and the Aaron Brooks and the Carter Storacci's that, hey, look, you man, a little bit here, a little bit there, you can make life easier for yourself. And he has the ability to do that, and I've always been imp- impressed with that. Because it's one thing to look at Bo Bartlett and say, hey, Bo, you need to do this, 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 you know, because you finished third. You want to be first. Right? You can do that. But he has the ability to look at the at the guys that are winning and 
get the, you know and they adjust and that's that's phenomenal that's that's in Tulsa's next what Jeff Byers on before then all right now let's get to basketball you're up 10 to 4 early you're like okay all right then you watch the opposition aka Maryland known on this broadcast as them <laughs> go on a 31 to 9 run Dick and I are looking at each other like, what are we watching here? You know, played just enough defense. Okay. Offense is struggling. And then sometimes you forget a play. We didn't because we mentioned it right away in the postgame. Jalen Pickett's three at the end of the half. Well, at the very least, it gets the game down to 13, 35-22. In a game where you needed every point, that was a huge three. Somebody did say to me, and I didn't see it, they said they thought he was fouled on the play, too. And I said, you know what? I said, I was watching the ball on the clock. I didn't notice. So I'm not going to comment on that. I don't know. Um. But it's irrelevant anyway in all this. In the second half, you could tell they're playing better in the second half. You can see it. They're playing better in the second half. Great. But they're not gaining a lot of ground despite playing better. And then Kevin Willard did something that really... Dick and I looked at each other because it was the first coach call timeout of the second half. It's the long timeout, which means we go to a commercial break. And in the commercial break, Dick and I looked at each other and said, why did he call that timeout? And neither one of us could figure out why he called the timeout. <sighs> okay. So they come out of it, and they start running some clock. Don't score. Penn State doesn't score. They come down, run a lot of clock again, but then Young hits a three. And I even said on the broadcast, hey, they ran 28 seconds off the clock. They got a three. It really, for Maryland, was a perfect possession. All right? Okay. But they kept running clock, they weren't aggressive. They didn't play the same way the rest of the way. They kept trying. you know. And remember, this is a team that has two road wins, and the road wins are Minnesota and Louisville. Here's the other part. Here's the team that came into the game 1-5 in games decided by five points or less. And they're playing to shorten the game and... Basically, take as many knees as possible and run the clock out. And we kind of, you know, in the end, we thought that that had a chance to backfire. I mean, there's only X amount of possessions. Um, 
And I understand what the thought process is. We just thought he started doing it way too early. Penn State finally gets it down to 10. So you're down 15. It's 50 to 35. And you're and Dick was right. He said, look, they got at least Penn State needs to get at least a 60 to win. Well, there's 12, 11 to go in the game. The opposition's already at 50. Not good. And then they started getting stops. Then they get it to 10. They get it to 7. All right. Nope. Back up to 10. Get it to 8. Nope. Back up to 10. Kept getting around 10. Then finally they hit a play, and they and Miles Dredd hit a shot. And then they hit another shot. Suddenly when they got to 5 with 4.5 to go in the game, that's when Dick and I looked at it and said, okay, game on. Here we go. It was not obviously the greatest day for Seth Lundy, but then when they needed him, he knocked down three free throws. Recall in the Rutgers game, he did the same thing. He knocked down two pen. I mean, here is an underlying stat in in close games in the final four minutes. You know what Seth Lundy's number is this year? He's now 11 for 11 in free throws. Close games, final four minutes. It was three of three yesterday. And then you get to the end. And uh, by the way, and Andrew Funk's foot was on the line. On on you know, I called it a three, and then it's up. Courtney Courtney Green says it's a two. Then when they checked it, you could see his right foot was on the line. Even Andrew said afterward, he said, you know. He says, yeah, I kind of shuffled my feet. I even told Coach Shrews, he says, because, you know, the score on the board was tied. He says, but I think it was a two, and I wanted him to know we were behind. And so Reese makes the play, and that's the other part, too. Micah's riding that small lineup, and for the most part, you know what that means? The big man comes off the floor for the opposition. Because he can't guard the small lineup with the big man. And they did put him in, rescore. They're up one. Now they got 19 seconds to go. They run the play. And they got the ball out to Lundy. And Lundy wanted to get the ball to Funk. But Andrew was covered. So he just took the shot. He was the first guy to know. He's the first guy. He knew he missed it. He was running in. He deflected the ball. He tipped it over to to winner, and that's what set up the winner. And that's five out of six. It's a quad one win. That gives Penn State five quad one wins in the season. So now it's off to Chicago, Illinois on Thursday night at 6.30. New course we're suffering with some sort of ailment. Correct, but that that kind of game helped. Grind they through won. it. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they don't make it easy. But they've won five of their last six. Three of them are road wins. Two at home. And 
Now they play Thursday. Now I know people want to say, where are they, where are they, where are they? I am not sitting in the committee room. I don't know. I just know what I read from Jerry Palm, who's got them last four in, but not the last team. It's it's. You know, I guess I think Jerry's got them at. He actually has the first of the last four. Jerry. Yeah, Palm. he's got six. He's got them at sixty-five. Correct. But Lenardi has Penn State as the last team in. But both well, of them haven't played. I don't missed. think Lenardi has updated his his deal yet today. No, it, it was he, as of 9 o'clock last night. Yeah, I don't think he's done that yet. Um, the game between Wisconsin and Minnesota is for Wisconsin to keep itself alive. It's not going to help them. Like, hey, they beat Minnesota back-to-back. They're in the tournament. No, that's not going to No. But it would keep them alive to do it. Um, so, that you know, I think what, let's see, I think what Wisconsin actually has to play Ohio State. So that's, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Yellenardi has not updated it yet. It's still 3, yeah. 5, 9 p.m. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, they'll get around to it. And Jerry Palm has Penn State at 65. Going to Dayton, but 65. Right, right now they play Mississippi State, and then if they were to win that, they would play San Diego State. That's the 6-11 in the Midwest bracket. I'll worry about that Sunday yeah. night, Matt. Yeah. Okay, I really... Okay. I'm just trying to make sure I'm ready for Thursday. And you know what, Which, though, Steve? I to be like... honest with you, I am. Yeah. Me too, because you know what? I think I think Penn State's got a shot to make a run. I like this side of the bracket that they're in. I think it's fairly favorable. Well, let's start with the key to this side of the bracket. There's no Purdue. All right, there's no Zach Eady. Exactly. Okay, not bad. Okay. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. John Sauber at 406 today. Tony Knopp next half hour as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Mm. Out of auto repair. 
Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855. Visit our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. They're the best in the business. They're also really great people. Great people to deal with. They care about you. Customer comes first. So they want to make sure you're fully insured. Doesn't matter whether it's auto, home, life, business, RV, boat, motorcycle, whatever. Could be bundles. And then they'll do everything they can to save you money. Because again, your needs come first. They're the best in the business. Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Don't get to talk to him often enough. I'm going to break this into two parts today because John Sauber is going to join us at 406. Chance to talk to my good friend, Tony Knopf. Sir, we do not talk often enough. Welcome back. Always. Always look forward to this. Best part of the month. All right. So here Somebody we go. tells me we're going to talk about the Pac-12. What do you say we start with that? Just for <laughs> just for a couple laughs. Um, they were supposed to have a media deal in September. They were supposed to have a media deal in November. They were supposed to have a media deal before New Year's Day. I think I texted you and I said, by the time we talk, they still won't have a media deal. We're talking. They still don't have a media deal. Don't still have a media deal. <laughs> so, where, so where is it right now? Because my understanding I mean, is Amazon would love to have Friday night, but as a standalone, mm-hmm. and ESPN would like to have Saturday night, but as Saturday a standalone. Night, as a standalone. There's a yeah, lot of other so games. <laughs> the problem they're running into, is it's like, you know, a lot of times when you look at deals like this, it's, e- it's easiest to look at it in, in just your real life experience, you know, the experience that we all have, that we, you and I have, that the listeners have. And if somebody is bluffing that they have, um, you know, they, I have a lot of takers, um, you wouldn't delay the bid, you know, three times now, which clear, clear props done. Um, so we know that the numbers aren't what they want. And the biggest problem they're running into right now is one, uh, they just released the numbers as far as what the distributions are for the teams. And I think I saw it was 28.5 for some of the teams, all the way down to 28.5, between 28.5 and 37.5, which for frame of reference for those listening, that's, that's less than half and in some cases a third of what teams are getting in the Big Ten and the SEC. Right. So you're already dealing from the, a really poor hand, right? You're already in this financial shootout with different organizations and you're well behind. Um, what they have to, what you talked about, which is which is spot on, is really the only people who are pushing hard. There's been some conversation about Apple being involved. Amazon definitely wants to be involved. But really the only cards that the Pac-12 has right now are those late-night games. It's the standalone Friday night game, and it's the Pac-12 after dark on Saturday. And the funny thing about Pac-12 after dark, 
I don't know if it comes, um, if it boils to a, a point where you heard so much out there, is if schools out here hate it. So Chris Peterson, the coach for Washington for years, would openly lament the Pac-12 after dark game. He didn't want to play in it. They didn't know about it until the last minute. He said it messed up their schedules. He just he didn't like it. And so now, you know, George Kay, who's the, the Pac-12 commissioner, he's in a really tough spot because you have the four corner schools, which um, I'll, for the listeners, I'll define them. The four corner schools are uh, Arizona State, Arizona, you know, down in the corners, uh, Colorado, Utah, the ones that are, you know, pushing their way into Big 12 territory. But then you also have Oregon and Washington, who are kind of the last gems left on the national level. And, and I, it's even kind of a stretch to say Oregon. I mean, Uncle Phil funds that. But Washington's a major, a major market, right? It's a top 10 market. Seattle's got viewers. And now they're up for grabs. And so it is not unreasonable that we could see the total loss of the Pac-12. Of, because you, don't, you just can't be viable if you lose the four-corner schools. Now, they're talking about bringing in um, San Diego State and SMU, right? Those are the two programs that it sounds like they're coming in uh, one way or the other. But I can ask you directly, do, does San Diego State have any name recognition in the Midwest? Nope. None, <laughs> right? Nope. If, if we were talking about SMU in 1985, then that would be a, a nice get. But ever since the death penalty, that program hasn't mattered. And they've done everything they can to matter. They brought in, they brought in June Jones. They brought in uh, Larry Brown. They brought in all these big names, and they just can't get SMU back to the days of, of uh, the Pony Express, right? Remember the Pony Express back in the eighties? I mean, I mean, look at T- so, TCU's coach. He was there at SMU. Went to TCU. Went to TCU, right? And and, and where was he before that? Sunny Dykes. Yeah. Cal. Cal. Yep. Right. And and Cal and Stanford have essentially made it clear that they don't care about sports. I mean, they've. Stanford's already, and I apologize for covering some of this stuff simply just because I know it probably doesn't get covered out there much because the Pac-12 has become a little bit unimportant. It's like Stanford cut the capacity of their football stadium in half, and they still can't sell that. Right. It only seats 40,000 fans. Could you imagine Penn State only having 40,000 tickets? Uh, Penn State gets more than that for the blue-white game, which is a scrimmage in April. <laughs> I mean, it, they talk about, you know, Krzyzewski Town, right, where you go and, yeah. and camp for a game. I mean, you'd have Penn State students camping for games a month and a half in advance yeah. if you only had 40,000 seats. Right. And so it's just this unmitigated disaster that Larry Scott has left George K, where you have Oregon and Washington begging to follow UCLA and USC. And, and you and I have talked about this in the past. USC and UCLA don't want Oregon and Washington. In fact, they're sticking it to them. And, and, and just for the listeners' understanding, you know, when they did the first media deal back when Larry Scott was was pounding his chest saying that the Pac-12 is going to he's going to be a major national uh, program, they're going to be the first ones to own their own rights, you know, in a different way than even the Big Ten is doing. They negotiated around the table as teams, and UCLA and USC came to the table, which is much like the English Premier League level, and they said, look, we're driving the mass majority of the media and the name recognition across the country. We just are. We would like a bigger cut. And at the time, Washington State's AD was this guy, Bill Moose, who um, your listeners would know. Bill Moose was at Oregon first when they came to prominence. He went to Washington State, and then he went to Nebraska, and he was an AD in the Big Ten for a little while, and there was not a lot of success there, and he got axed. Bill and the Oregon AD at the time, the name escapes me, uh, I think it might have been Bilotti, um, they went and put a ton of pressure on UCLA and USC and made it so that it was an even spread, right, across dollars. And they basically stepped on USC's throat when USC was down in football because they had the sanctions from the NCAA, and UCLA was struggling to find a coach in basketball. And what they did was they took all that money to compete with UCLA and USC, and Bill Moose goes out and 
gives Mike Leach an $8 million contract and then builds a new stadium that nobody goes to. So USC and UCLA, you know, there's a lot of conversation about, well, I think they want somebody out west, draft leaser, that sort of thing. They do not. They definitely do not. They, they have no love loss for UW and Oregon. They were not partners. They did not help USC, UCLA, or the Pac-12 do what was necessary. They looked at it themselves. So all this talk about those two schools coming, um, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I think the last time I saw, um, and, and this is the same kind of deal that like Houston is talking about, if Houston comes to the Pac-12, they're willing to uh, give up their share for the first five years. They're going to take a yeah. smaller cut to come yeah. join the Big Ten. I mean, talk about lack of leverage. But there's another element to it, and you, you already answered my second question because I already knew that USC and UCLA want to be the only Big Ten show in the West. Right? They do. And that's what a lot of people don't seem to realize. They don't want those guys there with them. And, the, no. and the, the, here's the next part. But in order to do this, even at a reduced number, Tony, it's been my understanding that the networks are looking at them saying, we're not giving you any more money. No. So the Big Ten schools are not going to take less per school to go, hey, look what we did. <laughs> yeah, we brought in Oregon and Washington who have almost no national brand recognition, right? Uh, even when Oregon was at its peak with USD down with NCAA sanctions, you know, they made a couple of BCS championship games, still the ratings were in the toilet. Um, you know, Washington's a good market. They've got to figure out what to do there. And those two schools are in a really tough spot. The four corner schools very naturally roll into the Big 12. I mean, That's the right. one thing, the one, the one school who's really played this well has been Utah, right? Utah, you know, upgraded into the Pac-12. They got a good share. They, they competed in the major money-making sports. And now at worst, they're going to end up in the Big 12, which is probably a better natural fit for them anyways, right? As far as travel goes, time zone goes, all yeah. those things. Uh, and Colorado, look, Colorado was already there. Like, they're just returning back to what was once the Big 8. Um, so what happens to Oregon, Washington? They're, they're on their own. Because Oregon, the, the, the thing that a lot of people overlook is Oregon is tied at the hip to Oregon State. They are a state school. Oregon State wants to go to the Mountain West. They don't want to be in the back, in the pack anymore. I mean, their, their major national sport is baseball. And Washington State doesn't want to be in the pack anymore either. They want to go to the Mountain West. They can be more competitive. It makes more sense for them economically. Bigger fish in a smaller pond. So what's left? Stanford and Cal don't care about sports. UCLA and USC is gone. You've just brought San Diego State and either Houston or SMU in. And the four corner schools go to Yormark at the Big 12. And you and I know Brett Yormark. He's definitely working that. He is shopping right now. So this is a unmitigated disaster that I just, you and I laughed about this five years ago. We said Larry Scott is so incompetent. There's no way he ruins this though. Like, oh my goodness, he might have just killed the conference. Yep. <laughs> and that's what's amazing about what he did was with, he was hailed for the great TV contract he got like uh, uh, 2011, 12, whatever. And then nobody he start, watched it. And then he started the Pac 12 networks. The only thing that the Pac 12 networks can help them with right now is that if Apple were to come in, they could use the Pac-12 network facilities because Apple doesn't have facilities. Yeah. That, that's literally the only thing left. I mean, just so the listeners understand just how incompetent Larry Scott is. And I don't know Larry Scott, and I don't know if he's a good or bad person. So I'm not talking about the man personally. Um, I've come across him a few times. He's fine, right? He got paid $4 million in bonus every year, just bonus, on top of his normal salary to do this. Steve, you and I are in the wrong job. Yeah. I mean, if I if I was as incompetent doing my job, 
as what happened here. I, I, I can't even imagine. They would they would escort me out of the building five minutes ago. <laughs> and the idea that you took a conference over that look, let's let's not. I mean, look, I'm a USC alum, so. But I, as you know, we've known each other a long time. You know, it doesn't sway my opinion on this. We all know that the Pac-12 is USC football. You know, some some Oregon football recently used to play football hasn't mattered. Arizona basketball used to play basketball. Like that's what the Pac-12 has to offer nationally, and that's about it. And instead of doing what you've seen the mega leagues do around the around the globe, right? Like Spain knows that Barcelona is who who butters their bread. They know it. Right, they know Madrid uh, butters their bread. Yep. The same thing in France with PSG yep. and the major programs. The same thing in the Premier League, where the top four teams, top six teams, get paid more than everybody else because they know that they're the ones buttering the bread, and everybody else is happy to be along and, and continue to grow. You sat here and you you stuck your foot on USC and UCLA's neck, so that Oregon, Washington, Washington State, all these teams could could pull a little more dollars out of it. And now where are we? Now the Golden Goose is dead. They're gone. They mm-hmm. don't need you anymore. And what's left? Yeah, and he's got he's got big problems because your mark did a great job of jumping Wait, over John. the Pac twelve. Big twelve was dead three right. years ago. We thought the Big Twelve was dead. Right, and Bob Bowles. I give Bowlesby some credit because he's the one that was able to get Houston, Cincinnati, uh, BYU, and uh, UCF into the league to get them to twelve. Your yeah, mark 12. negotiates the exit. Now, it's interesting how he negotiated the exit. The exit happens to be the grant of rights fee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So everybody's like, oh, look at that. Oh, see, you can buy your way out. That's the grant of rights uh, number. Really? Okay. It's the grant of rights number. Uh, okay. Yeah. Next. It's, it's okay. already predefined. Right. Yeah. Right. So it was already predefined. So he gets that. So now he's settled. He jumps the Pac-12 because in the pecking order, the Pac-12 is actually next to negotiate. And when he put up the number they put up, that's when the California Border Region sat back and went, "What? Well, I thought you told us we were going to get 48 per. Mm-hmm. And they said, nah, no, it's not going to happen, is it? And that, to me, was that the brilliance of what he has done. I give him a lot of credit. He's, he's put them into the, there's 1A, 1B. They have put themselves in solidly in the number two spot. It's just amazing how such little things, well, I mean, they're big, but how much has brought us to this point? Yeah. Who knew Under Armour was going to walk on the UCLA deal? If that didn't happen, we might not be having this conversation. That's right. UCLA, but Under Armour they, they got killed the UCLA on that. deal. Yep, they got yeah, killed. Yeah, they have $106 million deficit they have to cover, so they have to do something. Yep. UCLA sitting here saying, we have no leverage, we have to do something. You and I were laughing when we spoke uh, before that, you know, if anybody's getting the short end of the stick on this one, it's going to be UCLA football. Because when USC and UCLA travel east, and you have, you know, USC at Happy Valley or USC at Ann Arbor. And that's the 7 o'clock game. Right. Like, that's the prime time night game. Here yep. come the Trojans from the West Coast. It's going to be wonderful. UCLA at Rutgers, you're playing at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Big Ten Network. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. That's just what it's going to be, yep. right? And if, and if Oregon and Washington somehow find their win there, do you think Oregon at – I mean, we've seen Oregon at Ohio State. It was the day game. Yeah. It was. They put it in the middle of the day. Yep. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's amazing how these things created leverage and how these just savvy, how just how savvy the Big Ten was in all of this. The minute they saw UCLA was in, in distress, they looked at that. They looked at the way USC was looking down their nose at the rest of the Pac-12, like, hey, you guys didn't have our backs when we needed it. And they jumped all over it. And it is just fantastic. 
It was fantastic. Uh, before the end of the month, your odds that the Pac-12 actually pulls the fat out of the fire, George K, and gets gets some sort of deal with somebody. Because I know I've been reading, I'll read a lot of John Wilner, who does a really mm-hmm. good job. Yeah, yeah. San Jose yeah, yeah. Mercury News. San Jose Mercury News. And yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he says every month, he had the Pac-12 is a five-and-a-half-point favorite to survive. He says every month yeah. this goes by, he drops it down a half point. By a half a point, right? yeah. And I know the Pac-12 CEOs have met and they claim they're sticking together. So is this the month, and if it doesn't happen, is it done? I think John, you know, I've been reading John every week as you have, and I think his tone has definitely changed in the last six weeks. Yes, I agree. From this is an inevitability that they're going to get a deal done to, oh, my gosh, maybe they won't. Um, I think a deal gets done. I think it is a crummy deal that he sells off um, the Friday nights to Amazon. He sells off. I mean, look, they're going to make it. They're going to try to package it to us as if he did something to get some value for the other games, for the Colorado at, you know, Arizona game that's going to be a Saturday afternoon on the Pac-12 networks or whatever. Where is it? They're going to stream it somewhere. But you and I both know, like, you know, when I was working in sports um, 20 years ago, I worked at the Staples Center when um, we had the Kobe Shaq Lakers. Yep. And if you called in and you wanted to buy a, a, a suite for the Kobe Shack Lakers, you could. Now we couldn't. We weren't allowed to just change the price, right? So it would be a you know fifteen thousand dollars suite or whatever. Right. But we knew what the value was, so we'd say, okay, we'll sell you that suite, but you have to buy two Clipper games, a Kings game, and the and you know the women's tennis. That's bars. right. Yep. Right. And we were we were bundling. It's called bundling. It's illegal in the tech world, but we were bundling. Sure. Um, and you can do that in sports. That's what's going to happen here. They're going to make it look like, oh, I got somebody to buy all these things, and then buying closed doors. I mean, you're talking to Amazon. They're going to say, we bought the Friday night game. We don't care about the rest, right? Like, right. you just do whatever you want with it. I think it happens. I think they bring San Diego State in. I think they bring in SMU or, you know, some other program of the like. I can't believe they missed on BYU, which is just crazy. It's just a natural extension, especially yeah. with Utah there, and a national brand. Um, I think the four-corner schools in the next five years are gone. I think they got to go to the 12. They got to I mean, Colorado is already an, an also ran. The, the, Pac, the Pac-12 move for Colorado has been a disaster. See, the, if you could go back, yeah. because, you know, for the listeners who, who weren't who are longer in the tooth like you and I are, um, Colorado <laughs> and Nebraska younger. ran the Big 8. Yeah. But they ran the Big 8 in the 90s, back in the Bill McCartney days, right? Yeah. And Nebraska goes to the Big 10. They hit hard times for their football program, but they're making money and they're still competitive. They have the money to pay a new coach. They have the money to compete. Nebraska is one good coach and one good class away from being nationally prominent again. Colorado has not competed in the Pac-12 since they've been here. They're spending a ton of state dollars on Coach Prime and his son coming in. This is kind of their last, it's kind of their death rattle. I mean, if Colorado can't make this work in the next year or two, I don't know if they can. And that was once a nationally prominent program. Colorado won a national title in, I think, 1992 or somewhere around there, 93. 90, yeah. 1990. Yeah, they beat uh, Notre Dame. Yep. Um, and I think if you go back and you ask Colorado, like you give them that choice again, they don't. I don't even think they leave the Big Twelve. Yeah, I think they want to stay. Yeah, no question. All right, so we'll bring Tony back in the final half hour. We have John Sauber coming up, and today's show is brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. 
Safe flu away from Captain Stomach Flu. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street at Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Sorry about your tale of woe. It's all right. We made it through. And Luke, with the Iron Constitutional. Somehow. For him. All right. John Sauber next half hour. More Tony now, final half hour. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, John Sauber, Saturday Daily Times, next half hour, final half hour. We'll finish our conversation with Tony Knopp. And we'll have no updates on Matt's medical condition. Yes, I'll spare the audience that. I mean, you were giving the update. I left the room. Uh, All right. Uh, (laughs) it's, it's, It's only so much I can take. 